0: oma jnanati madannasya jnananjana Shalakaya chakshur unmilitam dheena tasmay shigudevam namah charitamrita we're taking up at the adi lila chapter 2 we're on text number 26 Uh, why don't you put in the other Romanized Bengali? Please. Upasana Bede Jani Jnana Yoga Marge Tara Bhaje jay Shab Rama Atma Tare Kare Anubhav those who walk the paths of knowledge and yoga worship him only, for it is him they perceive as the impersonal Brahman and localized Paramatma. Purport. Those who are fond of mental speculation, Jnana Marg, or want to meditate in mystic yoga to find the absolute truth must approach the impersonal effulgence of the Lord and his partial representation respectfully. Respectively, should be respectful also. Such persons cannot realize the eternal form of the Lord. So this is uh, an important theme throughout the teachings of the Bhagavad Gita, in which uh, Krishna mentions, As one approaches me, Krishna says, I reward him accordingly. And elsewhere we find that those who are fond of mental speculation, as mentioned here, itam sutam brahma-sukhanu bhutya dasyam gatanam paradayvatena mayashitanam naradharakena sakam vrijarukritapunya punjaha as is mentioned by Shukadev. Swami, that there are people who realize different aspects of Krishna, and it has to do with their perspective. For instance, Itamsatam brahma sakana Butya, There are those who only realize the Brahman effulgence because they're on the jnana marg. And dasyam They see the supreme as the lord of Vaikuntha, because they have that mood. And then there are those mayashitanam naradharakina. They see the um, Supreme Personality of Godhead as as being material, because that's their mentality. Saccumvajarukar tapunya punja. but then he mentions that there are those who are like the coward boys who are playing with Krishna as a personal friend. So it has to do with the devotee. And when the devotee has come in contact, when a person comes in contact with pure devotees, and imbibes the mood of the pure devotees, and follows in their footsteps, then such a person will develop the predisposition to the path of devotion, and Krishna then uh, responds in kind, reveals himself to such a person as the personality of Godhead. 27. Upasana bede jani Ishvara Mahima Ataiva Tara Dayita Upama Thus one may understand the glories of the Lord through different modes of worship as the example of the sun illustrates. She Narayana Krishnera Swarup Abed Ak E by Kintu Akara Bibed. Narayan and Shri Krishna are the same personality of Godhead, but although they are identical, their bodily features are different. Inhota dvibuja Tihodare Chari Hata venu dhare chakra dika sata this personality of god shri krishna has two hands and holds a flute whereas the other narayan has four hands with conch wheel mace and lotus purport narayan is identical to shri krishna They are in fact the same person manifested differently like a high court judge who is differently situated in his office and at home. As Narayan, the Lord is manifested with four hands, but as Krishna, he is manifested with two hands. Narayanas tvam nahisarva dehinam atmas yadik Narayanongam Narabhu Jalayanat Tachapi maya. O Lord of Lords, you are the seer of all creation. You are indeed everyone's dearest life. Are you not therefore my father, Narayana? Narayan refers to one whose abode is in the water born from Nara, Garbadakshai Vishnu. And that Narayana is your plenary portion. All your plenary portions are transcendental. They are absolute and are not creations of Maya. Purport. This statement, which is from Srimad Bhagavatam 10.14.14, was spoken by Lord Brahma in his prayers to Lord Krishna after the Lord had defeated him by displaying his mystic powers. Brahma had tried to test Lord Krishna to see if he were really the supreme personality of Godhead playing as a coward boy. Brahma stole all the other boys and calves from the pastoring grounds, but when he returned to the pastures, he saw that all the boys and calves were still there, for Lord Krishna had created them all again. When Brahma saw this mystic power of Lord Krishna's, he admitted defeat and offered prayers to the Lord addressing him as the proprietor and seer of everything in the creation and as the super-soul who is within each and every living entity and is dear to all. That Lord Krishna is Narayan, the father of Brahma, because Lord Krishna's plenary expansion, Garbhadakshay Vishnu, after placing himself on the Garbha ocean, Garba ocean, created Brahma from his own body. Mahavishnu, in the causal ocean, is and Shirdakshai Vishnu, the super soul in everyone's heart, are also transcendental expansions, transcendental expansions of the supreme truth. So, uh, if you go to the link um, in the chat box, is uh, ISV library that will take you to a very sleek interface upon which you can enter questions, reflections, a power phrase, or an analogy. And then it shows up on the spreadsheet that I'm looking at so I can see the questions and, and so forth. And um, you can do it at any time. Hare Krishna, Prabhu.
1: Hare Krishna. Yes. Prabhu, uh, I have a question. In the previous verse, it is said that Narayana is identical to Sri Krishna. Only the number of hands and what he holds is different. But here it is said that um, he is an expansion and the three Vishnus are expansions. Um, So there is always this uh, confusion of is this identical? Doesn't mean they are equal? How do we understand the word identical because um if they are the same then why the the gradations of their uh, lokas are different. How do we understand that?
0: Well God is one. Dvaya gyan tattva. Vedanti tat tattva tatvam tattva nyajgyana madvayam brahmiti paramatmethi bhagavaniti shabdite, but he manifests himself variously And the ways that he uh, uh, manifests himself are primarily to accommodate his various devotees. And so, for instance, the Lord appears as Narayan in Vaikuntha for those who want to worship him on reverence, and in Goloka Vrindavan for those devotees who hanker to worship him in a more familiar mood. This unceremonious love, no special rules and regulations. The ryan is an expansion, but or Brahma notes in his Brahma Samhita, departure evahita Shantaramabhyapetya, the piety vruthehe hetu samana dharma, yes tadrageva hi cha Vishnu chaiva vipati Govinda mari Purusham You have an original candle, and that candle lights other candles. They have the same. Uh, power, because they're all God, but uh, there is one original candle. And then, of course, from the point of view of the qualities of Krishna, or Rasa, then Rupa Goswami points out that Krishna has more qualities than Lord Narayan, in his original form, in which he accommodates the kind of loving service that devotees hanker for, when they follow the the uh, ragmarg, then he has the qualities of uh, unparalleled beauty. He plays the flute. He's surrounded by numerous devotees endowed with uh, pure love for God. And he has uh, amazing pastimes, especially his childhood pastimes. You don't see childhood pastimes of Lord Narayan, not Ayana. And therefore, from that point of view, from the point of view of Rasa, he has more qualities, but he's the same person, no difference, but just different moods and manifestations. And you find that those particular forms of Krishna are brought out by the devotion of his um, devotees. For instance, as the example will be given here soon, sorry spoiler alert if you don't want to know what's going to happen (laughs) in a few verses, Kaviraj Goswami describes the way in which when the gopis were looking for Krishna in Vrindavan and then Krishna was trying to hide from them, he manifested his Narayan form and the gopis running through the forest looking for Krishna and then they saw Narayan they said oh yeah, Narayan, okay. And they offered their obeisances. Have you seen Krishna? And they ran off. Of course, when Srimati Radharani was nearby, then he could barely maintain his form as Narayan, but manifested his other form. That happens also in the Brihap Bhagavatamrita when Gopu Kumar goes to Vaikuntha. He's a coward boy he's, he's uh, meant for Goloka, but when he's in Vaikuntha trying to find his way, he's being taken by his mantra to various realms, and he sees Lord Narayan, he has so much of that spontaneous mood that Lord Narayan can hardly keep the four arms. He keeps manifesting two arms and then coming back to four uh, because of the love of his devotee there. I hope that helps.
1: Thank you, Prabhu.
0: Hare Krishna. Okay, let's look at a couple more verses Shish, sh, Shishu, Vatsa, Hari, Brahma, Kari, Aparada, Aparada, Shamait. Shamite, Magena Prasada. After Brahma had offended Krishna by stealing his playmates and calves, he begged the Lord's pardon for his offensive act and prayed for the Lord's mercy. Tomar Nabi Padma hoite Amar Jamodai, Tumi Pita Mata Ami Tomar Tanai. I took birth from the lotus that grew from your navel. Thus, you are both my father and mother. And I am your son. Pita mata balakera na sham karaha Parents never take seriously the offenses of their children. I therefore beg your pardon and ask for your benediction. Krishna kahena Brahma, tomar pitta narayana, ami gopa tumi kaiche, amaranandana. She, Krishna, said, O Brahma, your father is Narayan. I am but a coward boy. How can you be my son? Brahma balena tumi ki na hao narayan, tumi narayan shun, shuno tahar karano. Brahma replied, Are you not Narayan? You are certainly Narayan. Please listen as I state the proofs. Prakritā Prakritā Srishte, jatta jiva rūp tāhar jē ātma tūmi mula swarup All the living beings within the material world and spiritual worlds are ultimately born of you. For you are the Supersoul of them all. Purport, the cosmic manifestation is generated by the interaction of the three modes of material nature. The transcendental world has no such material modes, although it is nevertheless full of spiritual variegatedness. In that spiritual world, there are also innumerable living entities who are eternally liberated souls engaged in transcendental loving service to Lord Krishna. The conditioned souls who remain within the material cosmic creation are subjected to the threefold miseries of pangs and pangs of material nature. They exist in different species of life because they are eternally averse to transcendental loving devotion to the Supreme Lord. Sankarshana is the original source of all living entities because They are all expansions of his marginal potency. Some of them are conditioned by material nature, whereas others are under the protection of the spiritual nature. The material nature is a conditional manifestation of spiritual nature. Just as smoke is a conditional stage of fire, smoke is dependent on fire, but in the blazing fire, there's no place for smoke. Smoke disturbs, but fire serves. The serving spirit of the residents of the transcendental world is displayed in five varieties of relationships with the Supreme Lord, who is a central enjoyer. In the material world, everyone is a self-centered enjoyer of mundane happiness and distress. One considers himself the Lord of everything and tries to enjoy the illusory energy, but he is not successful because he is not independent. He is but a minute particle of the energy of Lord Shankarshana. All living beings exist under the control of the supreme Lord, who is therefore called Narayan. So this is the problem in the material world, as described by Havyogendra Bhakti Parishanu Bhavu Viraktiranyata Ekakala. Excuse me, I'm sorry. He says. Um, It's a nearby verse, that's why. Uh, He says that, And that is the living entities in the material world have it all wrong. They think that they they are the competitor of the Supreme Lord. And they try to lord it over material nature. And because of that, Their intelligence is wrong. It's turned in the wrong direction. And the result they get from that is bhayam, fear, because they're competing against the Supreme Personality of Godhead, and that's not possible. They're also seeing that there's two things. But there's only one thing, advaita jnan tattva. There's one truth. It's all God. And he's in various manifestations, but they see a second thing, and when you see anything that's not related to Krishna, then it's a very fearful, dark situation. And this is what Krishna told Brahma at the beginning of creation: "Ratertam yat pratyeta na pratyeta mani tad mayam yata bhaso yata tamaha. Anything you see that's separate in vision from me is my illusory energy. It's a reflection that appears to be in darkness. Wait, I'm still looking at the purport. There's a lot in here. First of all, pangs. That's not a good thing. You want to look up the word, pang? Pang. A sudden sharp pain or painful emotion. It's from this mid-16th century, origin unknown. (laughs) So the pangs of material existence, go back, please. Actually, Prabhupada, in a lecture, says that you can expect suffering, you should expect suffering at every moment. the material nature is relentless. Adiyatmika, Adibhotika, and adi daivaka miseries come like waves of the ocean. They never stop. The three modes of material nature, chlada Tapa, Traya, uh, they cause us unlimited misery. Whereas in the spiritual world, the Hladini, Sandini, and some vit-potencies are the source of spiritual substance and knowledge and bliss. But when translated here in the material world, because of the perverted consciousness I mentioned, viparyo smriti, it's manifest in a way that is miserable for us. And the things that should be pleasurable actually cause more misery we get the opposite of what we were hoping for, so we're going in the wrong direction. Karnava Prabhu gives this analogy, recounts, material nature is a conditional manifestation of spiritual nature, just as smoke is a conditional stage of fire. Smoke is dependent on fire, but in blazing fire, there is no place for smoke. And also, as we heard, smoke... Disturbs, but it never serves. So the material modes of passion, especially as described also in the Bhagavatam in this way, from the mode of goodness, at least you can see Brahman, but from the mode of passion, it's like smoke, it just disturbs and never actually gives us what we want. And then we have um, from Krishna. Krishna Prabhu says, we all have strong inclination to enjoy all the time as per anandamayo byasat, but there is no real enjoyment in this material world. Why we have this inclination if it is not possible to enjoy here? Well, we have the inclination because that's our nature. We're part of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, who's the Supreme Enjoyer, and our constitutional position is to enjoy in cooperation with Him. We just took a wrong turn. So it's an illusory type of enjoyment here in the material world because the material world is a reflection of the spiritual world. And Prabhupada points this out, at the end of the 15th chapter of the Bhagavad Gita, when he says that in order to advance in spiritual life, one should overcome weakness of heart. And then he says that how to overcome weakness of heart is described in the first several verses of the 15th chapter. And those verses, as you know well, describe how the material world is a reflection of the spiritual world. So there's a a mistake being made by the living entity in the material world, thinking the reflection is reality, but it's not. So that's why it appears that we should enjoy. Uh, It's a mirage. It doesn't mean that real enjoyment isn't there. Just like if you find, if you get a counterfeit $100 bill, Monisha, what does it mean? In the context of this conversation
1: it means that it's
0: not very useful. Okay. It may not be useful. What else? If you get a counterfeit $100 bill, what else does it mean? Somebody else can say.
2: It seems like real, but it isn't.
0: I know it seems like real, that's what counterfeit means. You're just recounting the definition of counterfeit, but what does it mean, Ananda Murari Prabhu? You won't
3: you to don't buy get any money.
1: What? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> huh? You're point if you
4: try to you know, find happiness with that. Help me disappointment. The real yeah. $100 bill exists somewhere. Thank
0: you, sir. <laughs> I guess you, you, you should win a $100 bill and not a <laughs> counterfeit one. It means that there's a real one somewhere else. That's the meaning of counterfeit. How You can't have counterfeit without having real somewhere else. So, mirage means it's a reflection of something. Just like Prahlad Maharaj asked this question Kutra Shisha Shruti Rupa. He says, Where is the happiness in the material world? He said, You only hear about it. And he says that it's rupa uh, It's the form of a mirage, like the deer run after it in the desert thinking it looks like water. Thinking that it is water, but it's fake water. So happiness is unquestionably there. It's just that we have to orient ourselves towards the real happiness. And Sukeshri says, Should we understand that material modes and spiritual modes are some way connected. Yes, you should, because they are. Everything in the material world is a reflection of the spiritual world. So the qualities of the spiritual world, as I mentioned, sandini, samvit, thladini, are translated into the modes of material nature in this world as rajas, tamas, sattva. And they give the opposite result. Jiva Goswami writes, tapatraya what is the source of happiness, bliss, knowledge in the spiritual world becomes the opposite here, which is entangling. Unhappiness, nirananda, no bliss, and uh, the sense that uh, I'm going to, my existence is going to end. And the things that look like they should give happiness, they give a lot of distress. I We were walking by... <laughs> A mother with her kids, apparently one of them rode his bikes bicycle quite recklessly, and she was she was yelling, she was scolding him quite strongly, and she's saying, You're in for a world of hurt. And the little jiva is in for a world of hurt in her here in the material world, because of the opposite effect that you get from the energy here, which is contaminated by the mode of ignorance. And Aparagorangi says, can you explain more about how material world is the conditional manifestation of the spiritual nature? It's conditional because of the uh, consciousness. The In the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna says, itas prakritim vidime param jiva bhuta And that is that the Material nature is being molded around the spiritual or para-living entities. They're para-energies. They're superior to the matter that he lists in the previous verse, earth, water, fire, air, and so forth. And matter is manifesting in various ways according to the varied consciousness of the living entities. This is how the material manifestations are being created and they assume various combinations and permutations. It's because of the projected consciousness of the living entities here in this world who are manipulating the energy. We're very powerful because we're superior to the material nature. At the same time, the material nature in a macro sense, is controlled by the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Just a minute ago, when I was fiddling around with Jamulus, trying to get it to work properly, uh, I was thinking, and and there were so many anomalies that came out. We'll we'll get it right one of these times. Um, And I was thinking, what a detailed technology the demigods have to run this whole material world. I mean, just a little thing like getting our voices to sync up from a distance is very difficult. It takes a lot of special equipment. But everything in this world is, is working in such a automatic way, and there's an arrangement. For instance, I'm talking now, I'm moving my hands, and it just happens naturally because it's being controlled by higher power. I'm just saying, move my hand, and it goes like that instantly. So I start thinking, I'm doing it. And it's it's actually being controlled. So the uh, the conditional manifestation of spiritual nature means when one looks over the energy and thinks that I'll enjoy it, and the opposite is true, as Prabhupada mentions. If you can look, Brahmarpanam, Brahmahavya, Brahmagnau, Brahmano hutam, Brahmaiva, Tena gan tvya, Brahmakarma samadina. Shredder's giving you the verse number in about two seconds, and that uh, in that verse, Krishna says that anything that you use in the service of the Supreme changes its nature. So the the material nature, when engaged properly through Yukta Vairagya, it's reconnected to the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Brahmarpanam Brahmahavyar. 4.24, 4.24. 4.24, please. Hare Krishna,
4: Hare Krishna,
0: Krishna, Krishna, Hare Hare. We're going to have a veda Olympics to see who can get to verses faster. Okay, if you look at the purport, Prabhupada writes, How activities in Krishna consciousness can lead one ultimately to the spiritual goal is described here. There are various activities in Krishna consciousness, and all of them will be described in the following verses. But for the present, just the principle of Krishna consciousness is described. A conditioned soul entangled in material contamination is sure to act in the material atmosphere, and yet he he has to get out of such an environment. The process by which the conditioned soul can get out of the material atmosphere is Krishna consciousness. For example, a patient who is suffering from a disorder of the bowels due to overindulgence in milk products is cured by another milk product, namely curds the materially absorbed conditioned soul can be cured by Krishna consciousness as set forth here in the Gita. This process is generally known as yajna, or activities, sacrifices, simply meant for the satisfaction of Vishnu or Krishna. The more the activities of the material world are performed in Krishna consciousness or for Vishnu only, the more the atmosphere becomes spiritualized by complete absorption, The word brahma, brahman, means spiritual. The Lord is spiritual, and the rays of his transcendental body are called brahma-jyotir, his spiritual effulgence. Everything that exists is situated in that brahma-jyotir, but when the jyotir is covered by illusion, maya, or sense gratification, it is called material. This material veil can be removed at once by Krishna consciousness. Thus, the offering for the sake of Krishna consciousness, the consuming agent of such an offering or contribution, the process of consumption, the contributor of the results are all combined together, Brahman, or the Supreme Absolute Truth. The Absolute Truth covered by Maya is called matter. There's your Mahavakya power statement of the day, knows. The absolute, covered by maya, is called matter. You can take that to the bank. Matter, dovetailed for the cause of the absolute truth, regains its spiritual quality. Krishna consciousness is the process of converting the illusory consciousness into Brahman, or the Supreme. When the mind is fully absorbed in Krishna consciousness, it is said to be in samadhi, or trance, Anything done in such transcendental consciousness is called yajna, or sacrifice for the absolute. In that condition of spiritual consciousness, the contributor, the contribution, the consumption, the performer or leader of the performance and the result or ultimate gain, everything becomes one in the absolute, the supreme Brahman. That is the method of Krishna consciousness. Aparagurangi, did that answer your question to some yes, degree?
1: Thank you so much.
0: All right, okay, good. What did you all think of that purport?
1: Very nice.
0: Too much nice.
1: What? To to
0: it was too much nice. Okay, let's see. We've got Ashraya Madhava Prabhu says there will be temporary happiness until we know it is counterfeit. (laughs) That's why knowledge is important. In the Gita, Krishna talks about the importance of getting knowledge, and he says, does he in the fourth chapter of the Gita, He describes the process of transcendental knowledge. First of all, he says, Yatai Damsi, this is 437. Yatai Damsi, Samidogniir, Basma basmasat Kurutera Juna, Gyanagni, Sarvakarmani, karmani Kurutera Tata. As a blazing fire turns firewood to ashes, O Arjuna, so does the fire of knowledge burn to ashes all reactions to material activities. So, this uh, transcendental knowledge is really important. And then he says, in this world, there's nothing so sublime and pure as transcendental knowledge. Such knowledge is the mature fruit of all mysticism. And one who has become accomplished in the practice of devotional service enjoys this knowledge within himself in due course of time.
4: Thank you, Yes. I, I had a in question on the previous purport that we just read? Yes. I got a little confused. Uh, you know, uh, the absolute truth covered with uh, Maya is matter. And and that completely confused me because of my lack of understanding. Uh, I mean, my, my understanding is Krishna is absolute truth and not the Atma, number one. The Paramatma or Krishna. So... And Krishna can never be covered with Maya. I mean, that, that is the whole Maya Wadi philosophy, otherwise. And, uh, I mean, the matter, anyway, we say, is the third energy, right? Not the marginal potency, not the internal potency, but the external potency. So, so please help me understand the purport in the right context. Thank you.
0: All the products of the sun are emanations from the sun or the creations of the sun, including uh, the absence of, of light when it's blocked out. You call it darkness, but what is darkness? It's the absolute absence of light. And all other manifestations that grow out of the sun, for instance, when the sun hits the ocean and there's a temperature differential in the air, then there's fog especially over where Satyadev Prabhu lives. It uh, gets hot in the valley here, and then the fog comes up, and then you may be in a situation where you think, oh, it's very uh, gloomy and dark. And That's a product of the sun also, because without the sun rays, it wouldn't be manifested. So there's the sun, and then there's all the manifestations of the sun that take place because of it, because of its power. So in a similar way, the Supreme Absolute Truth is there, and he has multifarious energies. Asya Desha Jochna Yata Parasya Brahmara Shaktis Akilam Jagat Although, uh, the, just as, this is the Vishnu Purana quoted by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to Sanatan Goswami, just as the sun is in one place, but it manifests its a- energies, unlimitedly, in varieties all over the universe. So in a similar way, Krishna is one, he's in one place, but he manifests himself variously, but it's all coming from the same uh, absolute source, even though there's varieties of energy. So there's, there's fog in the material world, but that's a product of the sun, because of the way that it interacts uh, with other energies. So living entities are not dull stones, they have creative power, and they also have free will. And when they misdirect their conscious energy, it creates all kinds of of varieties. And one of the varieties is that it creates this uh, low energy because uh, of their ignorance of God. If you ever noticed when you're around somebody that has uh, bad consciousness, it pervades the whole atmosphere. Ever been around somebody that has a bad intention or has uh, is manifesting something that uh, yeah. disturbs everybody else around them? So yeah. the lower energy gets manipulated by the higher energy or of the living entity. And the way that we interact with it, uh, makes a difference. So when we reconnect those energies, our intention is to serve the Supreme Personality, we've got it, and we perform sacrifice, then the atmosphere around us changes as well. The external world is a manifestation of spirit. It's not the other way around. If you change, then your environment will change. If you change your consciousness then everything around you changes as well. Devotees don't live in the same world as everybody else because as, a, as said by uh, Lord Shiva Narayana swarga pavarga narakeshu darshina." Why is it that the, the uh, hell and heaven is tulya? It's the same to a devotee. Because his consciousness, he's seeing, oh, it's all part of Krishna. He doesn't discriminate high, low, as he sees. It's all for service. Now, you see in this material world how the, the energy is transformable. Like, if you take a material example like an iron rod, you put it in fire. It actually transforms into fire. When we install the deity, everybody knows the is made of stone, or uh, made out of uh, metal or wood, right? But we're not worshiping a piece of wood. We're worshiping Krishna. Why? Because that that energy can be trans transformed. Krishna can transform any of his energies, and he's personally present there in the archa form. Thank
4: you.
0: Why is he personally present there? It's because his devotees uh, want to worship him there. So he manifests himself in a way that they can see him. Hare Krishna, Guru Hari
3: Hare Krishna. Um, I just, I wanted to share a reflection. I'm, I'm really appreciating because I'm also reading the CC right now. And so it's nice that you're also going through the CC and I get to, it's kind of like a a nice refresher. Every, you know, yeah, why not? As we as got as nothing as else angry. to do, right? Yeah, it's, it's really nice. Um, <laughs> I was appreciating that line the uh, fire ser- or smoke disturbs and fire serves. And then what Prabhupada said before that about how in, in the blazing fire there's no space for the smoke. And then I thought of um, in Bhagavad Gita, third chapter, where Krishna is describing kind of the different variations of lust covering the living entity. And Prabhupada, um, he makes the analogy in he like extends Krishna's analogy further in the purport and says something um, about how lust is like, because, uh, what's the first one? I think as a, a child's covered by the womb, as a mirror's covered by dust, or as a fire's covered by smoke. So he, he kind of extends the analogy into that, um... That if the fire is is if if the smoke is utilized properly, that smoke is like lust, and if smoke is utilized properly, then it can be, um, flamed into a, a a burning fire. Yes. And so I was just appreciating, and it was like an it was a nice reminder for me. Like, there's no there's no place for smoke in the blazing fire. So how am I taking my you know what are the ways in which I'm bringing my material desires? kind of um unceremoniously into the realm of devotional service. Right? Like it was just a nice kind of check for me of, you know, what am I what material desires am I justifying in devotional service and, and remembering that there's really no space for the for the smoke and the fire. I have to just blaze it into a flame.
0: Yes. Uh let's look at your purport. It's 338. It says as far, Krishna says, as fire is covered by smoke, as a mirror is covered by dust, or as as the embryo is covered by the womb, the living entity is similarly covered by different degrees of this lust. Prabhupada's purport, there are three degrees of covering of the living entity by which his pure consciousness is obscured. That's so interesting. About mm-hmm. I mean, just in one sentence it describes the existential situation here in the material world. There are three degrees of covering of the living entity by which his pure consciousness is obscured. Obscured. Obscure comes from um, obscurus, dark. From Latin, obscurus, dark, and from the Indo-European root meaning cover, to obscure. It's just covered over. This covering is but lust under different manifestations like smoke in the fire, dust on the mirror, and the womb about the embryo. When lust is compared to smoke, it is understood that the fire of the living spark can be a little perceived. In other words, when the living entity exhibits his Krishna consciousness slightly, he may be likened to the fire covered by smoke. Although fire is necessary when there is smoke, there is no overt manifestation of fire in the early stage. This stage is like the beginning of Krishna consciousness. The dust on the mirror refers to a cleansing process of the mirror of the mind by so many spiritual methods. The best process is to chant the holy name of the Lord embryo covered by the womb is an analogy illustrating a helpless position for the child in the womb is so helpless that he cannot even move this stage of living condition can be compared to that of the trees the trees are also living entities but they have been put in such a condition of life by such a great exhibition of lust that they are almost void of con- of all consciousness the covered mirror is compared to the birds and beasts and the smoke-covered fires compared to the human being in the form of a human being the living entity may revive a little krishna consciousness and if he makes further development the fire of spiritual life can be kindled in the human form of life by carefully handling by careful handling of the smoke in the fire fire can be made to blaze Therefore, the human form of life is a chance for the living entity to escape the entanglement of material existence. In the human form of life, one can conquer the enemy, lust, by cultivation of Krishna consciousness under able guidance. Oh, I like this sentence. where He says, By careful handling of the smoke in the fire, fire can be made to blaze. Yes. So, Bhaktivinoda Thakur talks about the various levels of consciousness, and he, he says there's consciousness that's covered, and then like like plants. And then there's the next level above that, animals, where it's restricted. And although they obviously manifest more consciousness, they have we see more feelings, they relate to us, they relate to their young and to each other so forth. Uh, but <clears throat> they can't uh, use reasoning very well. They don't um, walk into a city and then observe the architecture and think, oh, there's a statue and it's maybe a racist symbol or something like that. They don't think like that. Uh, human beings enter into all kinds of sim- uh symbolism, uh, and uh, relate in various ways on a higher intellectual level. So human beings are are called budding consciousness, because all potential is there in the human form of life, Tato Brahma Jignasa. But human beings with sadhana, with a bona fide practice, are uh, flowering. They actually can open up completely. So it's such an important Juncture when it comes to human form of life to have sadhana means that which will take you to the goal. Thanks, Anandamurai. Good, good stuff. Okay, then we have um, we have shredded reflection. Another usage of paying is a, as an, an adjective, meaning crammed or densely packed. For example, the pantry was pang full of cereals. We'll start using that. We got to bring that back. The material world is pang full of pangs. Yeah, and the and the chitta or the consciousness of living being gets pang full of of some scars, and it's so crammed full that it gets dark. Balaram, who was that? Somebody said something.
2: Sorry, I had a follow up question of the earlier question. Oh but sure. So Prabhu, how do we connect the three spiritual modes and the material modes? Like for material modes, we have goodness, passion, and ignorance, where we are talking about, um, you know, how it affects a, a living entity and what are different things that they do. But uh, Samvit, Sandhini, and Ladhani is um, like pressure giving or, uh, um, you know, you, you're cognizant of your, so your presence there and, uh, you know, the creativity part. So how do we, um, how does it correlate? Prabhu? How do we understand that?
0: They're all energies coming from the Lord, but the material world is a perversion of our original consciousness. The perversion starts with the, the desire to to lord it over. We're uh, servants of Krishna, but when we desire to lord it over, then that perverts the environment. And the whole material world is a perverted environment, and what's Normally, a uh, pleasure giving becomes a source of suffering because of that perversion. Bayam dwitiya abhinibesha tasyat because of being absorbed in that which is maya or illusory, because of a, a desire to be separate and to enjoy, uh, or more uh, primarily to lord it over, then. I I create a, an adverse situation for myself. And therefore, in that adverse situation, apetasya, I'm turned in the wrong direction, because of that, becoming a competitor to Krishna, then what normally is pleasure-giving, it gives us uh, great misery. This uh, situation is described in the beginning of the Brahma-Sanghita in the details of the way the creation starts by materialistic consciousness. This consciousness manifests a matter, just like your body is a manifestation of your consciousness. Because of the varied states of consciousness that you have, you create different bodies. So when we leave this body yugam vapi smaran bhavam kalevaram konteya sadatta bhava bhavita krishna says whatever your consciousness however you've developed it whatever shape it's in you're going to develop you're going to be accommodated with another shape even the the subtle body because of the way we cultivate uh and the way we associate in this world, it takes us a particular shape. And then that shape manifests outwardly in the material world, in different bodies. And the universes are shaped, they're they're presented in a certain way according to the, the, the consciousness of living entities. Om Burbu Aswa. There are different realms. These are all realms that are predicated on the consciousness of the living beings. So deva devan bhuteja yanti mam where attention goes energy flows you put your energy you put your consciousness there you're going to go there if you if you start thinking of um, if focusing on on hellish lower uh, mode activities, then you'll just go there. we just are pulled in that direction.
2: Sorry, one last question. So is there a direct relationship with like mode of goodness is uh, some way or mode of,
0: yeah. That? Yeah. Wh-
2: what, what, which one is connected to which one rule?
0: I don't remember right now, but I, I can, there is a direct, it as a research and that'll get marked on this board here. Cause my uncle knows how to mark everything and then I can look it up later. Thank you. Um, look at that. It's Alex. Hare Krishna Kumraj, Hare Hare Krishna.
5: <laughs>
0: Good photo. Thank you. It's an yes. iconic photo of the age that we'll look back on later and appreciate.
5: I'll think of you. Hare, Hare Krishna. Krishna. I'm curious. I'm sure you have some nice advice about uh, preaching or or distributing books to crowd people. Uh, a lot of times uh, people come over the table and if they have like at least some degree of humility... It's very easy to kind of soften them up even further and, and kind of open them up by complimenting them and kind of putting them on a higher platform. And, you, know, uh, you know, it's easy to really kind of get into that zone where you can ask for a donation and, and uh, they'll be willing to take a book. But I found for more proud people who kind of already have a very high idea of their level of spiritual understanding and stuff, then the more I compliment them, then it seems like the further away they get from actually wanting to take a book because they feel like, yeah, yeah, I know, I know everything and and all this stuff. And so I'm curious if you tend to take a different angle with those kinds of people who feel like they already know so much, you know, but maybe aren't necessarily Indian body, but have that kind of uh, aura about them.
0: Well, um, of course, not everybody will take a book, but I appreciate your trying to close the gap and make sure that more more people do when the opportunity's there and normally the the ways of appreciating somebody and not condescending to them opens them up, but there are cases when people are in a mood of uh knowing every they they think they know everything and uh I just I can give you anecdotal evidence and I have a witness who's on the on the zoom right now with Devi Dasi. We were down in um Santa Cruz with a group of devotees where we, we had a table down there and She was watching me distribute and we stopped a a man with his daughter. He had an 11 year old daughter and he was probably in his fifties or something like that. And, um, he was very proud. He knew everything, showed him the book. He looked at it for a little while, pontificated about the book. Like he he knew everything about it. And then when I asked him for a donation, he handed it back and he went on a tirade, um, explaining uh, he was angry you know that i had asked him and he said yeah this is the pollution of all religion you just want money and he was actually preaching to his daughter and i simply tolerated and i i didn't uh react i just uh, stood there because he didn't end it he just kept talking so i just uh tolerated and and stayed there and uh and then he just changed his mind all of a sudden it was miraculous Shraddhadeva Dasi, what part did I miss? You saw the whole thing happen.
5: Yeah, yeah. He also was mentioned that Krishna is everywhere. He's there in, the, in this light pole, and he pointed out to the, to the lamppost which was there. And then also when you had asked him for money, he had turned to the daughter and said, like, you see, <laughs> this is what you have to avoid. They will ask you for money in the end like that. And, and what I also liked was that he said that, look at you, you're wearing such nice clothes. And what I liked was your answer. You had said, Krishna provides for me. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> but he was very averse. Yes. And he went on for a long time. And then all of a sudden, because we didn't react, we were just neutral. Then he just changed his mind. And he took the book back from me, handed it to his daughter, and then gave me $5. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, Alex. You know, every, there's so many characters out there, but that... Uh, the principle that you're applying of, of respecting people and, and uh, appreciating them and everything like that is the main principle. And Then you get some people that are odd cases and you can experiment in different ways. But I know anecdotally, that's one thing. And I, I wrote in my book about one that really stuck in my mind at Honolulu, Hawaii. I was with, there with Satya Dave. We were going out on book distribution together and uh, I met a honeymoon couple and they said, after I presented the Bhagavatam to them, and they said, uh, you know, we're Christians. We don't believe in this. And also I had asked them for donation, and they said, no, we don't believe in that. Any, we wouldn't give to um, somebody like you uh, because we don't believe in your cause. You're doing the wrong thing. And I was so respectful to them, and it, was, uh, it wasn't artificial. I noticed that about myself. I was thinking that I wasn't disturbed and it was because of the good association I was in and the kind of morning programs we were having. I was feeling some kind of, I was buoyed by this sense of happiness. And I told them very genuinely that I, I just appreciated that they took their valuable time. And, uh, wanted, and I said what an honor it was to meet them. And then um, we parted ways. And the half hour later, they came back and they wanted to give a donation, and they did, and uh, just uh, because they felt something that came from my heart. So you could say this or that, but the main thing is if you try to express your, um, your goodwill from your heart to people, then maybe they'll come back too, and sometimes they'll come back much later. Like I told the story the other day, when we first started, started doing our Harinam downtown Palo Alto, there was that gentleman who was um, always drunk whenever I saw him. Is an Indian. And uh, the first time he saw us and our eyes met, he cursed, vehemently cursed uh, for a while. And then the second time, third time, fourth time, and each time I was just, uh, you know, gestured to him in a really gentle way. And then, and then, he started changing. And then one day, I know it was after a couple of years of us doing Hari Nam there. One day he came up to me and he shook my hand. That was back in the days when we used to be able to shake hands. (laughs) (laughs) He came up to me and he shook my hand. And uh, the time after that, he came over and embraced me. And now whenever I see him over there, he always comes out of his way to come over and offer respects to the to me and to harinam party yeah. and it just you're being out in public and meeting people you know the effect might not be there immediately that they take a book but what you're getting from your chanting and from your hearing you can actually pass that on it's a real thing mm-hmm. it comes from your heart to theirs and you may not see it immediately but the effect will is always there because it's something that's very powerful and real
5: mm-hmm. That's
0: very helpful, Guru Maharaj. Thank you very much. Very okay, Hare Krishna. Good work, Dr. Alex. Way to go. Balaram says, in our discussion of the living entity in the material world, I had a question regarding our our minute independence and Krishna's plan. Of course, Krishna knows everything, and he knows what we will choose with our minute independence but to me, it doesn't make sense how that is considered independence when our decision is already known. The reason I ask is because I don't understand how Krishna's plan and our minute independence are not contradictory. Well, there's... Um, just because uh, just because Krishna knows what our... Uh, what what we're going to do doesn't mean that we're not independent to do it the two are are not mutually exclusive and um he organizes the the energy according to our plan otherwise The material world is, is a concession for those who want to pervert their consciousness in a certain way. And so he accommodates, and he accommodates well. There's 8,400,000 species of life. I've been watching the birds out of my yard, and they, they really are having a lot of fun. I mean, they, just, they get to fly around all day and land on trees, they're eating the plums. I can't even get to them in my neighbor's yard. Otherwise, I would if I could. But they're up there looking at me like, hey, 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 you can't can't get up here. That's just one species. The 8,400,000 that he accommodates us according to our plan that we want to try this and this and that. And so, through the material nature, He understands our subtle desire, and then He fulfills it, and gives us our plan. Um, I'm just looking at your question again. Of course, Krishna knows everything, and He knows that we will what we will choose with our minute independence. But to me, it doesn't make sense how that is considered independence when our decision is already known. Yeah, so the two aren't mutually exclusive. Just because he knows doesn't mean that we don't have independence. The reason I ask, because I don't understand how Krishna's plan and our minute independence are not contradictory. Well, that's the answer. Philosophically, there's no problem with that, that he knows what we are. He still gives us the opportunity and facilitates us. That's the point. Srivatsa uh, gives us reflection. I was thinking about the analogy of smoke and fire and, and its relationship to bhakti. Pure devotional service is like fire, and it is all about service. However, sometimes there is some disturbance in bhakti that isn't completely pure, and those impurities such as the desire for mukti are like smoke. However, as we feed the fire more and more through chanting Krishna's names, Srimad Bhagavatam and in the instructions of the acharyas, The smoke gradually becomes more and more insignificant. Pureha, Bhuman, Bahavo, Piyoginas. Krishna really takes care of you. All I have to do is stay alive in Krishna consciousness, and make a sincere endeavor. Bhakti is such a perfect process in any situation. Unlike other processes, it doesn't require any qualifications. Devotional service itself is enough to get over the pangs of mature misery, and desires that drive me away from Krishna. no pi madhbhakto. Sorry for the long tangent. Pretty good tangents you're coming up with these days. Srivatsa? It's nice. It's really nice. It's true. Uh, The only qualification uh, for bhakti is Shraddha in and really, that shraddha starts with uh, a faith in the bhakti scriptures and in the devotees. And from there, if one has that, then one takes sadhusanga, and everything manifests from that sadhusanga. Mayank, uh, absolute truth covered by maya is called matter. Power phrase. Yes. Thank you, Shredda Devi Dasi. In that condition of spiritual consciousness. The contributor, the contribution, the consumption, the performer or leader of the performance and the result or ultimate gain, everything becomes one in the absolute, the supreme Brahman, that is the method of Krishna consciousness. What becomes transcendental? The contributor's subtle body, the gross body, what happens when such a person dies? He leaves a subtle body or no need since it is already pure. Well, um, it's mentioned uh, by Vishnu Chakari and other Acharyas as well that when uh, a person who is embodied takes to the process of devotional service and becomes a pure devotee, then technically the prarabdha karma uh, will be finished. However, uh, Krishna maintains that uh, prarabdha in order that the person can stay embodied and preach Krishna consciousness. So when you see the body of a completely pure devotee, that body is not prarabdha, it's actually a manifestation of of Krishna's mercy. He's maintaining it so that the person can stay in the body, because otherwise uh, it's it's, um, no longer manifest. The person who uh, takes to Krishna consciousness is described and the context Prabhupada quotes this verse: "Iha yasya karma gira, nikila apya vastastu jivan muktasu liberated within in the body. But even if the person isn't a cent percent pure, and is engaged in uh, the process of devotional service, then uh, Mahaprabhu explains to Sunatan in Haridastākur, in the Antilila, that such a person has a, a sarakadeha." and um, a practitioner's body. Something like the Acharya is saying that the uh, mango is a mango, whether it's a ripe mango or a green mango, It's a a mango is a mango, because the process is known to be so effective and that when one's engaged in it, then that uh, unripe mango will become ripe. There's no question about it. That's what Krishna is saying in the Gita when he says apichet sudaracharo bhajate mama nanya so somebody's engaged fully in the process of bhakti, but also you see worldliness in such a person. And Krishna says, even if you see that, you have to know that that person is a um, sadhu. It's a pure devotee because they're on the they're on the path. And then shri Pram Bhavati Dharma Ma Chantim Nagachati Kanteya Pratijani Nami Bhakti Pranashati says very quickly they'll come to the perfection, perfectional stage. Then uh, uh, we have Aprame says devotees have been quarantining before quarantine. No Janasanga. <laughs> I know, I've been thinking that myself. It's very nice. Ananda Marari, power phrase, by hand by careful handling of the smoke and the fire, fire can be made to blaze. Thank you for putting that in the power phrase box. Aprame, great exhibition of lust that they are almost void of all consciousness. This line reminded me of Tamishra. Tamisra. In my understanding, our jealousy towards Krishna being the original purusha enjoyer, drove us to run helter-skelter in the material world, hunting for sense objects to somehow mimic what Krishna is and what we are not. Yes, this is the sense of uh, our plight in the material world, apitasya viparyosmiti, that we're trying to... to um, become a competitor to Krishna. That's just the statement of the Bhagavatam that Mahaprabhu brought out. Shukeshri, with a question, direct co- correlation between spiritual modes and material modes. Goodness.
2: Well, I just wrote that to uh, just do the research later. You just want me to add it to the question.
0: Thank you. You will get you will get Indra Nuj, all the way from Japan, question. Opposites attract? You were extremely humble, and the very proud man became attracted to that. Yeah, sometimes I, I remember in the airport, at somebody was hesitating to take a book, we'd pull it back really fast, say, no, you can't have it. I remember one guy, like I was showing a book, and I could see he was hesitating, so I, I took it back. And sometimes like you hold it back from people. And it's funny, that one person I was holding back, I said, no, I don't think you're qualified. What are you talking about (laughs) i qualified? (laughs) Give me that book. You know, if you try to chase him with it, he'll get away from me. But if you hold back a little bit, like, well, I don't know if I should give this to you. Uh, Opposites attract. Okay, then reflection from Tadia Seva. Just wanted to share reflection. It is so easy to become unhappy and sad in this mature world. One foolish thing, one thing done in ignorance, one thing done without knowledge can lead one to unhappiness. This just shows that this material world is full of unhappiness. Yeah, Krishna confirms it. bhuvana Loka, punar Vidite. and he says, dukhalaya Mashashvatam. it's a place of misery. Okay, Alex and Valentina, we have uh, we also have the same experience when we were in Chennai on train station. One man was looking <laughs> was looking on us from the train. And then later on, we were going on the next platform and we saw the same man. We were really thinking that he was interested, but he took the book and just immediately threw it, started shouting at us. A lot of people came to see what was going to happen. But after our tolerating for a while, people just kick him out and then took the books from us and they, they bought books. Yeah, uh you get a full education out there on Sankirtan. That's for sure. Meet all kinds of people and you get to to practice what Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita. Now let's uh take any uh how's everybody doing? You don't have to ask a philosophical question or anything, but let's have some sharing of uh, like how things are going for you in your uh in the we're in the it's a nine inning game, we're in the, like the first inning. Uh, Of the pandemic.
1: Gurmaj, I had a question about uh, the prayers we're doing for Bhakti Maharaj. Um, uh, My my kid was asking me that, you know, these are um, pure devotees and Krishna's taking care of them, even, you know, whatever may be their state at that time. So why are we, you know, intervening in, in Krishna's thing? He will take good care of his devotee, right? So why are we praying? And I did explain to him to the best of my ability, but I wanted to hear from you because you always have such a nice way of. Bringing all the points together.
0: Well, we need him more than he needs us. And if Krishna's thinking about where to send him next, and we scream loud enough, he might just keep him here. Krishna's a person. And, um, yeah, I was just talking with some God brothers about it the other day, and the the ways in which, uh, you know, somebody of that stature doesn't suffer uh, in that situation. They're already with Krishna. And it's just a matter of Krishna deciding where to put them. And also, in situations like this, too, it's it's an opportunity in relationship with very advanced Vaishnavs, and especially, you see, with the guru-disciple relationship for the intensity to grow. As a Prabhupada... Devotees noticed that with Prabhupada before he left that he was uh he was bringing the devotees closer there was such an intimate atmosphere around Prabhupada at that time because they realized then they couldn't live without him and the the Tiro when the spiritual master leaves is very intense because like the light goes out and then you go like like Bharti Maharaj always talks about how he was there with Prabhupada when he left you know with the other devotees and he said, as soon as Prabhupada breathed his last, Kesha Bharti Marsh looked down at himself and he and he realized that everything I am is due to Prabhupada. I don't have there's you know, every every mood I have, everything I'm wearing, where I live, how I eat, everything. Every mantra I chant it came from him. And then you you know, you realize that um where this is coming from. And you know, there was there was that. Devotees crying out for Prabhupada, please stay with us. And, and you know, so there's, uh, Krishna arranges these kinds of things so we can realize our connection with him and our attachment to him. It's a very heartfelt uh, relationship we have with Krishna and with the spiritual master and with Vaishnavs. I mean, when Ramananda Roy... Uh, answered Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's question about what's the greatest suffering in this world. I mean, these are not just glib statements. These are real. And he said, there is no other suffering that I know of than a separation from the Vaishnava. I mean, think about that. You think of all the different ways you can suffer in this world. And then he says, there is only one suffering. It's separation from the Vaishnava. So, when a... You know, when any living entity leaves this world, there's a tumult that takes place. Anybody, even a a lowly person, because the soul's important and the super soul's there also. So it's a big deal. Uh, Souls are consequential. Even the most inconsequential of human beings are living entities. There's, especially humans, because they're manifesting more conscious. But then when you get into the realm of Vaishnavas, and then you get Vaishnavas that are highly accomplished and, and, uh, you know, on a very high level, when they leave, there's this vacuum that takes place, and it's, it pulls the consciousness of people all over the world. And you start to realize the import of consciousness itself, what to speak of pure consciousness. That's, what is, that's what's consequential in this, in this world and in our lives. It's the consciousness of Krishna and his pure devotees. And so, you know, it's a learning experience. And we all go through it, one way or another. So it's part of the process of Krishna consciousness. Thank you. Thank you Master. Other Master. realizations? Yes.
1: No, I was I was going to say when we watch these senior Vaishnavas go through so much pain and suffering, what is our lesson when we when we look at them? When we know that they are not really suffering. They're
0: you know? not suffering. Even Maharaj said before he went in into that state. He said, I'm not afraid to leave. In fact, Maharaj, uh, you know, he wasn't uh, interested necessarily in taking the, these uh, steps. Yeah. And then he uh, put it in the hands of the higher, of you know, what he considered his authority. He said that to let the GBC and Senior God Brothers decide. And and a group of devotees said, no, please, Maharaj, try, try everything that you can. He said, okay. If you want me to try, I'll try. I'll do this. But he's—it's not that uh, you know he's in a suffering condition because he's—he's he's, uh, aware he's not his body. And the Bhagavatam says actually, I found a verse. I have to rediscover it though. But I found a section that mentions that. Uh, one should not read into the various ways in which Vaishnavs may leave this world. It's not that there's a stereotype way that a Vaishnav has to leave the world. It has to be like this or that or the other way and say, oh, yeah, they must not have been advanced because they did this or something like that. It's not the case. Krishna has all kinds of arrangements for, for devotees to leave the world. Other realizations or you want to share about what you're feeling, or how your life's going, or anything like that?
3: Yes, Guru Maharaj, this is Radha Kripadas. Maharaj, uh, to to what you mentioned right now, actually it is very uh, soothing, because I was, when I was praying, I was thinking there are, you know, thousands of followers, uh, Maharaj has it, but more importantly, uh, sometimes the faith of a new fight could be shaken, because he would be like thinking, oh, wait a minute, you know, if you are into this one and if the person who is so advanced and all one, you know, is has to is entering into this phase if he cannot protect, you know, what you guys are all doing. So I was more, honestly, was worried about that aspect, how to, you know, convince new fights sometime in such situation to answer that one. But thank you. you just responded a little bit uh, on that side. Prabhupada,
0: when he was, Prabhupada's body was emaciated. He had uh you know, he had uh his fingers were all swollen up and he was what the doctor said would be for most people an extremely uh painful situation. Uh, Prabhupada um you know, was unfazed in that way. He he um you know, as you saw from the pictures, he went on translating until practically the end and so forth. But Prabhupada looked at uh, some of his disciples at that time when he was so emaciated and he said, don't think that this won't happen to you. And it's so, you know, it it's the fallacy to think that we're practicing devotional service so our life can be nice. Oh, how come you know i didn't get what i wanted i didn't get that car i always wanted Uh, you know krishna i don't know devotional service not so nice how come i have to get sick and uh, you know this is uh, a perversion of the idea of what devotional service even is i mean devotees are are serving the pleasure of krishna practically they don't mind being cannon fodder for krishna anyway Ashlishiva padaratam pinashtumam, adarshanam marma hatam karotuva. You know, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is saying, even if you don't show up, Krishna, I'm going to still keep serving you. <laughs> uh, that, you know, pure devotional service is not dependent on what I get from the situation, including uh, a ceremonious send off. You know, the devotee is happy to be there uh, at, in Krishna's service, whatever situation it may be. And uh, the emotion of devo- pure devotional service, I mean, Madhavendra Puri was in an invalid situation. Shila Ishvara Puri served as every need in that invalid situation. And uh, these things are arranged by uh, Krishna in different ways to give opportunity. And, and it's, you know, it's a teaching uh, experience too. It's not that uh, anybody leaves this world in a really fun way. Birth and death, Krishna says in the, in the 13th chapter of the Bhagavad Gita, verses 8 through uh, 12, he's mentioning there, he says, you should know the evil of birth and death in this material world. It's not nice. Of course, for the pure devotee, it, it's, it's uh, different because the devotee is with Krishna. I've seen several Vaishnavs leave the world, And Krishna always has some arrangement. Sudama Prabhu, he was, uh, you know, like some of the early devotees, he was very instrumental in spreading the movement. He went away for some time and, you know, was really entangled in different ways. Of course, Satyade Prabhu visited his place in downtown San Francisco and saw that the walls were covered with pictures of Prabhupada and Krishna and stuff like that, even though he had gotten pretty far out. And then he found out he was dying, so the devotees arranged a, a place for him in Los Angeles. And he came there and you know I was there when he left and he was absorbed in uh, Krishna consciousness. Krishna made an arrangement for him. So nilamam Ritam Mateam Vashmantam Shariram Om Kratovasmara Kritam Smara Smara said, please remember all my sacrifices, Prabhupada writes. You don't have to tell Krishna <laughs> why you have to remind him. He already knows all your sacrifices. So he's making these arrangements.
5: Thank you. Thank
0: you. If somebody thinks that, like, well, I'm not going to die because I'm worshiping Krishna, I put a dollar in the hundi, so, you know, I'll just die my sleep and go to heaven. You know, this is a, a part of the, you know, it's like maya. Like Maya, it's it's a misunderstanding of what's actually going on here. Oh, any other uh, f- feelings or thoughts or realizations you want to share?
1: Hare Krishna. Prabhu. Hare Krishna. I, so I was just realizing how um, um, outside there are a lot of people now who feel like they're imprisoned within their own house because of yeah. the external situation. But I was marveling at how devotees. Um, are finding sanctuary in a much higher place. They're having a higher taste. Um, And I was really deriving inspiration from that and um, realizing that Krishna consciousness doesn't necessarily depend on our physical location. It really depends on the state of our mind. And um, sometimes that's hard to understand given the external nature of the world that we're in. But um, being in the Association of Devotees and seeing how we've utilized this opportunity to go to different heights um, has been something that's like really inspiring me through this time.
0: Very good, Prakashori, as usual. And, you know, there's an old Buddhist saying, wherever you go, there you are. And so as soon as they started letting people out, I, I said this the other night, but it, it's really on my mind, so I'm going to say it again. You know when we first, when this lockdown first started happening, it was beautiful. <laughs> it was so beautiful. We were going for walks, and people were shocked, you know, like, how could this happen? And we were like, "Yeah, this is great. You know, uh, let's, let's look at the world from a different point of view because it seemed like everyone was screaming, "Hey, you're wrecking the oceans, you're ruining the ozone, you're you know, you're killing there's uh practically every day there's something in the news about a shooting somewhere. I mean, it's crazy. And then everything gets shut down and people are like, why can't we do what we want to do? It's like, well, look what you're doing. It's it's uh, insane. And so everyone had to stop for a while and and uh, calm down. And we noticed that people are actually going back to a kind of more reasonable type of life, you know? Families together. Hey, I have to spend all day with my kids, you know? like, isn't that like human society in some ways? And then, you know, there's a, a lot of realizations people had. And then, after the quietude, and then they let everybody back out again, you know, we walk down near Burlingame, and what are they doing? Same stupid stuff that got us here in the first place. Eating meat, you didn't learn a lesson from that? From You know, you kill animals, and you do all that stuff, and a virus jumps on, on board through somebody's nostril, and the next thing you know, you know, it's all over the world. And, and there's alcohol, there's music that is really tamasic, and it's like, what did you learn? And so wherever you go, there you are. If, if you don't reform your consciousness, it doesn't matter where you go, because you're going to be in the same situation because of your, the state of your consciousness when you get there, and on the way there as well. But devotees who can be satisfied with reading Bhagavatam, and they're happy... To chant Hare Krishna with nobody bothering them, then they're like, great. <laughs> it's good. That's why everyone needs training to how to be happy. You know, devotees give thousands of seminars a year of where real happiness comes from. And it doesn't come from a bottle of Coca Cola or, you know, for any of, or being free to run around uh, from one bar to the next. It's, that's not happiness. So it's a lesson that um, human society can get from the Bhagavad Gita and Srimad Bhagavatam. That's why we go out of the way, out of our way to distribute them and to try to teach. And people do listen. You know, they listen, they go, yeah, that actually makes more sense in contrast to what I've been going through in life, especially nowadays. People will listen to it. We'll take two more because I don't want to keep you up all night.
1: Hare Krishna, Guru this is... Oh, Hare Krishna, Buddha, Krishna, Buddha, Buddha, Buddha. Buddha. So, everybody is talking about Sankitan, uh, like a coronavirus, but uh, all these days uh, uh, Sankitan virus is like I'm addicted with Sankitan virus. So, first phase is done and uh, we are uh, going to second phase. Uh, so, yeah, and the other thing is when you mentioned uh, tolerance, when you are doing good, book distribution so you mentioned in our family business book page 239 under spiritual blood so you wrote by practicing tolerance in the face of these challenges one gets spiritual realization and advances to higher stage of devotional service. so yes that that
0: was from srila bhakti siddhanta saraswati thakur who said when you take the trouble to distribute Krishna consciousness and in return, you, you get uh, people who disagree with you, who are unpleasant towards you and so forth, then you're developing spiritual blood for your spiritual body. and this is you can notice it yourself when you take that austerity to do good for others by distributing Christian consciousness and you come in contact with friction, you become stronger and you become uh, you, uh, you become mature actually. And you notice our kids, they're growing up on Sankerton. They know stuff that other kids don't know. They know what people's apartments look like because they've been to thousands of them. And they also know how to handle rejection. Kameshri told me the first time she took kids out and the person slammed the door in their face, they sat down in the playground for a little while and talked about what just happened. Some people never learn that lesson. <laughs> okay, one last one.
1: Yeah, that's... Uh... Shall I share one more point, Guru Raja?
0: Please go ahead.
1: Uh, so like uh, uh, you always say, leave a good impression. So that leaving a good impression, like it's very nice feeling, Guru Maharaj, always. So yeah, actually following all your instructions and uh, keeping in mind this, our family business is like a is uh, encyclopedia for uh, Sankirtan. That's good, so Pranagopika.
0: That's really good. You have a good heart. You know that? Well, I'm going to leave a good impression and leave it at that so I don't keep everybody up too late. I mean, as good as I can at this point. And I thank you very much for joining us. It it's very heartfelt at these times when we're all hanging our, our you know, our, we feel like our lives are hanging in the balance because how can we live without... Um, a Vaishnav, and it's, it's very difficult. It brings us together uh, in, a, in a more um, meaningful way. We think about um, what we have. We think about how important devotees are to us. And we try to take advantage more, right, of the association we have, because you don't know. There's no guarantee. And we talk about it all the time. We hear about it from Krishna, and then la-di-da, life goes on, and we just think, you know, I'll live... That's fine, but I'll live forever. But it's, it's um, you know, every second is valuable and the association of devotees is so precious. So we should take advantage of it and try to appreciate them while we can and hear from them and glorify them and so forth. Well, thank you very much, everybody. My uh, apologies for any technical difficulties in the kirtan. I just got a little trained up today by uh, Ramananda Sakaprabhu how to do the jamulus. But um, there's a... F- a few inconsistencies, I think, in the equipment and software from my side. But we're going to get that together because whatever it takes to have a rip in kirtan on a regular basis, we're going to do it. Whatever investment or um, arrangement, we want to bring this to a much, much higher level on, on the kirtan side. Thank you very much. Can everyone please unmute and say Hare Krishna? Hare
5: Krishna
0: Hare Krishna Hare Rama Rama Hare Krishna Thank you so much everybody Hare Krishna Thank you Hare much. Hare Hare
1: Hari Hari Ball
0: Hari Hari Ball Hari Hari Ball Not Real Marmman Not Real Marmman Not Hey Not Real Marmman
3: Not Real Marmman Not Real